Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. There's really not a simple good or bad answer to whether or not you should use leverage. It's really about what works best for you. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Welcome back, Best Ever listeners, to another episode of Passive Investor Tips. I'm your host, Travis Watts. Got a great episode for you today. What we're talking about is leverage. Should you use leverage and how to decide? Disclaimers, as always, never financial advice, not telling you or anyone what to do with your money. With that, top of mind, it's the big debate over leverage. Should you use it? What's a good leverage to have on real estate if you're going to use it? So what I mean when we're talking about leverage is simply using other people's money to help purchase an investment property. So a simple example could be having a mortgage or a loan on an investment property. That would be considered debt, and that would be other people's money, aka the bank's money in that situation. And alternatively, let's say that you are not going to use leverage, so you are going to pay all cash for an investment property, then you would own that property free and clear. So you wouldn't have the bank's agenda to worry about. You wouldn't have the added financing costs. You wouldn't have that extra overhead every month where you had to make a mortgage payment. So there's really not a simple good or bad answer to whether or not you should use leverage. It's really about what works best for you. So let's examine two case studies that can help you identify what might be best in your position. Case study number one will say that you have $300,000 to invest and you locate an investment property and it's listed for sale at $300,000. We'll say after running some basic analysis, you determine that this property could rent for $3,000 per month and the expenses to own the property, excluding a mortgage or debt, we'll say are $1,000 per month. Now, these expenses would be property tax, insurance, any applicable HOAs and any maintenance and cash reserves that you need to have on hand. 
So this means you have the potential to earn $2,000 per month in cash flow or $24,000 per year, assuming that the property is rented out all year and that you paid 100% cash to buy the property. So if we run the math, this ends up being about an 8% annualized return. And we can know that by just running the simple math, take 24000 per year and divide by how much you invested, which in this case is $300,000. So is 8% a year good or bad? Again, that comes from your own frame of reference. And the answer is it depends. Maybe you look at your portfolio and some other investments you have and you say, well, 8% is a higher passive income yield than I'm getting over here. So for me, yes, that would be a solid return. I'll give you another example. My dad owns several single family homes that are fully paid off, but my dad has a pretty low risk tolerance and he's completely retired at this point. So for him, it has a lot to do with peace of mind and he's got a pretty wide margin between his profits and cash flow and his operating costs. So now let's take a look at case study number two, where you choose to use leverage. We'll take the exact same example. You have 300000 to invest. You locate a $300,000 property. You determine it could probably rent for 3000 a month. You still have the same hold costs, which is 1000 per month. Those are your fixed costs. But now what you decide to do is put 25% down on the property and use the bank's money to purchase the other 75%. So what that would amount to is $75,000 down if you did a 25% down payment. And now you would have an added line item of expense for your mortgage payment, which would be in the ballpark of about $1,350 per month if we assume a 6% mortgage rate. So that means that you now have only $650 per month in potential cash flow or $7,800 per year again, assuming that it's rented out for the entire year. But if we look at the math on this, the return now has turned into a 10.4% annualized return. And again, how do we know that? We take our profits for the year, 7,800, and we divide by our investment, which in this case was 75,000 down on the property. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you thinking about investing in multifamily real estate? Need some insight on how it's done? On the Small X podcast, multifamily investor Nico Salgado interviews the top multifamily investors in the nation to uncover the secrets and strategies behind their success. He also features newer multifamily investors chronicling their journeys for a full year so you can learn alongside other investors. Nico believes that it only takes a small axe to build an empire. So if you're ready to build your multifamily empire, check out the Small Axe Podcast with Nico Salgado on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors 
targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital.thebamcompanies.com. So let's discuss the pros and cons of using leverage. And I'll begin with some pros. One would be a higher potential return because you're putting less money into the deal. The second would be the ability to buy more properties with the money that you have to invest for the same reason, because you're putting less down on each property. And the third would be potential equity upside to consider and tax advantages for that matter on more than one property if you chose to use leverage. And some cons to consider is that there would be a higher risk profile associated because of the added cost every month of having to make the mortgage payment. And number two would be the risk of a foreclosure if for any reason you couldn't make those payments every month. Number three, you have added cost by using a lender in this situation. So you would have not only the interest, but potential financing costs and higher closing costs. Maybe you have to pay for an appraisal on the property before you buy it. Maybe you have to pay for some credit checks or background stuff in order to buy the property using a lender. You might also need to have good credit and solid income in order to qualify for a mortgage in the first place. So again, it all boils down to your goals, your risk tolerance, and your objectives. I'll give you a few examples. If your goal is to acquire as many properties as possible and to diversify your portfolio, then maybe leverage could be a benefit to you. If you're looking for the highest potential return on your investments, then potentially leverage could benefit you. If you're highly qualified from a lending perspective and you can easily get debt, loans, and mortgages, then leverage is an option for you. Alternatively, if you're seeking safety and capital preservation at this stage in your investing cycle, then leverage may not benefit you. If you're not wanting to buy a lot of properties and become a professional landlord, for example, then maybe sticking with one or two properties that are fully paid off could better suit you. And again, if you can't qualify for a mortgage for some reason, but you happen to have a lump sum of cash to invest, then using leverage may not be in your best interest if you're going to get unfavorable terms on the loan. Now, with all of that said, most people do use leverage when it comes to investment real estate. In fact, there was a recent survey conducted by Redfin. They found that one in three home buyers were paying all cash, leaving two-thirds using some form of leverage or having a mortgage. Typically, when interest rates are higher, you see more cash buyers enter the market. And when interest rates are at historic lows, like we've seen in years past, then you have more people using leverage and getting a mortgage. So again, it's not about what other people do. It's about what's right for you. And I can tell you, I've used both. I've paid all cash. I've used leverage. I typically use leverage. If it's going to be an owner-occupied home that I'm going to be living in, I usually put about 20% down on properties like that because of the 30-year term and the low payment overhead. When it comes to commercial real estate and investments that I make and syndications, private placements, 
I look for at least 25% down, especially as the markets have been more volatile from 2022 and 2023. I like to reduce the risk exposure. So for what it's worth, I hope this short episode was helpful and helps you identify what might be best in your portfolio. You're listening to Passive Investor Tips. I'm your host, Travis Watts. As always, happy to be a mentor resource to you. Feel free to share these episodes with anyone you think could find value. Appreciate you being here. Have a best ever week and we'll see you in the next episode. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, Join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.